0: If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock, to denial, to grief, to anger, to confusion, to joy, and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there.
1: they had a wonderful relationship as the 63 years would testify and the daughters all remember him fondly he was to them their their hero and now uh, these girls are my heroes these these sisters of mine are my, are my heroes they obviously lived in a home environment that was loving and accepting and kind and thoughtful because they couldn't have treated me in the way they did had they not learned that kind of capacity as as children so i see them as a reflection of our father
0: imagine spinning into a tube sending off your dna and unknowingly turning your life upside down for me and thousands of others this is our reality. I'm your host, Alexis Auerselt. In July of 2021, I discovered that I am an NPE, someone who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. This podcast shares the journeys of people who were shocked by a DNA discovery, mostly through modern DNA testing. We're telling the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. This is DNA Surprises. When Mark received a call from who he believed was a newfound half-sibling, he wasn't surprised. Little did he know that this revelation would lead him to his own NPE journey. In this week's episode, Mark shares how he uncovered his truth, how he connected with his family, and how he finds peace with his mother, who died before he could speak to her about his DNA surprise. He also offers valuable advice to parents and NVEs, particularly to men. Thank you, Mark, for sharing your story.
1: My name is Mark. I am 59 years old, and I am from Tennessee. Well, uh, I guess every DNA story uh, has a starting point, and, and here's mine. Uh, I was traveling out of state and uh, received a text from a friend of mine who asked me to call him because he had an interesting story to share with me. I was driving on an interstate. uh, I didn't expect any heavy conversation, so I gave him a call right back. And after a lot of small talk, he proceeded to share with me that he had given a DNA uh, test to his older sister as a Christmas gift and that she had uh, received some results that were surprising to her. He described her as kind of the the genealogist in the family and she was a a great detective using whatever tools, social media, uh, the ancestry account, whatever tools that she had available to her and was able, she thought, to determine uh, who her biological father was and had reached out to this individual And uh, he had supplied his DNA, had done a test, and they were able to confirm it. When once that was done, uh, my friend said he went through the DNA process himself. And lo and behold, the same individual that was his sister's biological father was his as well. Well, the real twist was that was my father that they were referring to. And I had no earthly idea. And keep in mind, these are people that I knew. Uh, I went to high school with the older sister. Uh, the younger person was a friend of mine. They they had lived across the uh, highway from us in town, and somebody I've known for for quite some time. So, wow. in, in some ways, uh, I I feel fortunate that I didn't end my life on the interstate crashing. So I I pulled over to the side of the road to to have a more concentrated conversation.
0: Had you remained close with this friend? throughout your life? I mean, how you'd known him since high school or had you known him before that?
1: Well, I'd known the, the sister since high school. He's a little younger, so uh, he and I uh, became acquainted as adults. Uh, were we close? No, but, but we were certainly on, uh, on good terms. And, and he had my phone number and I had his, and so we talked from time to time. It wasn't anything big deal, and I didn't expect the conversation that we had to be to come to that sort of turn, for sure.
0: Did you find out more? Like what happened next?
1: Well, um, I, I can't say that I was terribly surprised to find that I had new half siblings. Uh, my my father had a a much older half sibling from a different relationship that I was aware of ever since I was a youngster, and had a a much younger than me half sibling after my parents had divorced. Uh, so there was another child in there. So. To uh, when I woke up that morning, I knew I had at least uh, two half siblings and a full sibling that I had grown up with, and so to have two more added to that bunch, I guess it wasn't all that shocking. Uh, so we laughed about how how uh, unusual this thing was, and we were trying to figure who was going to buy the first person's collection of Christmas presents that uh, we had missed for all these years. <laughs> But something interesting did come out of the conversation, and uh, part of it was that he didn't know that I had done a DNA test myself and, and had used the, uh, the same company that he had used. And I was not an active member. I had done this, this back in 2015, and my telephone call with my friend was in May of 2021, so not, not all that long ago. But I knew I hadn't received any messages from Ancestry saying that I had new DNA matches that were that close.
0: Mm.
1: So he texted me a screenshot of uh, what his DNA match profile looked like, and he included within that not only himself and his sister, but a few other persons that were uh, slightly less connected. And um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't on there, mm. and uh, that that certainly changed the tone of the conversation had i been uh, on there we would have been half half siblings and but the fact that i wasn't meant that there was something askew so um, he just kind of blurted out he said well you're the adopted one right i had no earthly idea what he was talking about Uh, i had seen my birth certificate many times Uh, I, i did not think I was adopted. In fact, I knew I was not adopted by that birth certificate and the fact that no one had ever told me otherwise. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had another three hours drive to contemplate that. So I got on the phone with his sister and asked her about uh, the adopted thing. And she said, yeah, your your dad told me that you were adopted, that he married your mother knowing that uh, she was pregnant with somebody else's child. And that he just thought you knew. So I found out that I was, and the word adopted is the, the word that my birth certificate father chose to use, not the word that I'm choosing to use, but it's, it's the way it played out. So I found out that I was quote unquote adopted by, by a, a relatively a, a stranger uh, in a sense, not from my own parents.
0: So you went from kind of this lighthearted conversation of, oh, yeah, I've got a couple other siblings out there to I don't actually have these genetic siblings and I'm adopted. Yeah. What was that thought? Like what what were you feeling as you got that information?
1: In some ways numb is probably a a, a good way to describe it. And again, I'm, I'm so grateful that I made it home uh, driving through the thick traffic. And and thankfully, I'd made that drive many, many, many times before. So I was on autopilot. But as I was driving home, things that I had suppressed, I guess, for, for many, many years started to kind of creep up into my consciousness. Part of this was the fact that my birth certificate father and me were our Completely different people. Uh, there has there never been two more people different than he and I are. And um, people that knew us both well would commonly say to me, You got to be the milkman's son. You, you know, you and your Father are nothing alike, and my wife has known my my uh, birth certificate father now for thirty five years, and she never once, never once in those thirty five years, had said that she thought that we were related. She always thought that we weren't. Those those are sentiments that that I had always shared but suppressed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was six feet plus. I'm six feet plus that's where the similarities ended. Almost everything about us, our temperament, our personality, our worldview, uh, there was just so much about who I am as a person was so different than who he is as a person. And I, I could not ever shake that feeling. And it was so problematic for me that that I began reading about nature versus nurture and, and how much of this part of who he is, will I inherit and later become that? So in some ways, I lived fearful that I would be um, inheriting some of those temperament and personality predispositions.
0: He says that he adopted you, but your mother, she was pregnant, so she is your biological mother. Yes. Were you able to ask them what happened or confront them?
1: Yeah, good question. My, My mother passed away uh, in two thousand and seventeen, I had done the ancestry test in two thousand and fifteen. So six years had gone by. I had all the information that I needed six years ago, and I never never bothered to check it because I was doing the ancestry for for two primary reasons. One of them was because I was ethnicity curious. And there was this family legend of having a Cherokee in my family, and here in Tennessee, that's a big deal. And and you know, I looked at myself as kind of a bland character with with primarily Western European roots. And I thought, well, it'd be exciting to have something uh, mm-hmm. beyond that. Uh, but it, it turned out to be nothing, uh, which is the usual case here. Right. And um, the other reason is my mother was a was her family's genealogist and uh, had collected a treasure trove of, of artifacts and, and archives and photographs and scrapbooks about the family. And I kind of, I guess, inherited that, that predisposition from her. So I joined Ancestry for the ethnicity part and for the extensive genealogical database. I did uh, take a peek at the DNA, DNA matches and I matched rather close with somebody that I didn't recognize. So this would have been in 2015, and that person, I was able to uh, determine lived, he's much younger than me, and, and lived in Central Florida. I I knew that my parents, both from Tennessee, had both independently lived in Central Florida uh, during the late uh, 50s and the early 60s. And the first assumption I made was erroneous, but I thought perhaps I had another half sibling out there somewhere as a result of my father okay so i i did a little bit of investigation about this this close match individual that had about a thousand uh centimorgans so that would have made him really close Mm -hmm. and i determined that most of the actors in his family most his parents and and siblings all were still alive and i did not want to be the person to jump into um, a situation that would create chaos in somebody else's life. So I just closed that DNA match chapter in my computer and I never opened it again. I never, ever looked at it until 2021. And all of a sudden, as I'm driving home, the DNA match thing, which I had initially blamed on my father, now made sense that it was actually my mother and the connections were from that side, not from my father's side. So I owe him uh, an apology for, for my thoughts back in 2015. But no, my, my mother had uh, Alzheimer's at 2015. So even if I would have figured it all out then, I couldn't have asked her about it because she was far enough along. And she died in 2017, and my biological father died in 2017 as well.
0: Oh, wow. So you were not able to connect with them. Were you able to connect with your birth certificate father?
1: Well, we've been estranged for, for many years. The the differences between us have created some some gaps. And uh, I don't know that we've spoken really in five or more years. So I can't foresee a time in which I'll be reaching out to him about about this. And really, it, it doesn't matter much. I know that there will be a lot of why Questions that would never be answered. And it's okay. I I am not able to jump back to the 1960s, early 1960s, and and, uh, understand the context of what was going on. I'm not angry about it. I'm not upset. I'm not sad about it. It, It's just one of those things that I'm 60 years old now, and I just don't have room for those kind of emotions in my life. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some questions are just never meant to be answered, and there's no point for me dwelling on
0: those. That's a really interesting perspective. What happens next? Do you decide to reach out to family? what What do you do next in your kind of investigation of where you come from?
1: I was very fortunate in that this revelation to me was in many ways liberating. Uh, I knowing that I was not genetically attached to my birth certificate father gave me permission to no longer be fearful that I would be inheriting. Uh, his genetic uh, temperaments and personality characteristics that I just didn't uh, approve of. So that part lightened my load quite a bit. I, it was uh, almost um, liberating and validating. Validating in that I had always sensed there was something askew, although I could not put my hands just on what, and, and liberating from that fear that I would one day turn into to him. And so I, was, I had a lot of energy as a result of learning this. And I told myself that really all I was interested in was closure. At the time, I did not know anything about the circumstances regarding my biological father. I didn't know if his spouse was still alive. I, I, I certainly did not want to be a person who jumped in and created a lot of family chaos in the same way I didn't want to do it in 2015. That's just not... in my my nature. But I was very curious about who this mystery person was. But I had a lot of luck on my side that an individual who had uh, the closest match to me also had a publicly available family tree, over a thousand members. It's also lucky in a way that my paternal grandfather and my paternal grandmother both shared the same surname. Uh, They were fifth cousins, if I recall. The surname meant that as I was looking through my close DNA matches, I could find this surname over and over and over and over and over again. So when I combined that surname with the public uh, publicly available family tree, it was surprisingly easy for me to figure out who my paternal grandparents were. Uh, so surprising, though, that at some point down the line, I, I contacted a, a search angel, a DNA angel, to uh, to help me with this. So as I'm reviewing the the genealogy from this close uh, relative uh, thought that given his Centimorgan relationship with me, that he was going to be a a half-nephew. And it turned out to be correct. So confirming he was a uh, a half-nephew and and knowing who my paternal grandparents were, that helped me to figure out who uh, the likely source of of, um, my parents would be. And Mm -hmm. I just started Going through obituaries uh, and looking for family names and then looking up every single son that uh, that family had and and
0: found him that way. Wow. so so you find your your biological father and you see that he has passed away. At what point did you decide or did you decide to make contact with this family?
1: My biological fa- uh, father's obituary was written for me in advance. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Uh, the biographer of that obituary left me breadcrumbs to help help me find the clues. A, a photo of him taking when he was younger looked just like me. Uh, I, I, it stopped me in my tracks. And even though at the moment I saw the photo, I wasn't certain that he was my biological father from a factual point of view. I was certain he was my biological father from an emotional point of view.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I knew where my mother had worked and when in in Florida, uh, and it within the obituary where he had worked and when was labeled, and it matched up perfectly. So I was absolutely convinced that this was this was the person. And before I decided to reach out to uh, to family members, that's when I contacted the search angels because I I just felt. If I was going to reach out to another family and potentially cause them stress, I needed to be 100% certain that, that uh, the knowledge that I had was the correct one. And within hours of them looking at my DNA, and uh, they, they couldn't find a thing wrong with my proxy tree that I had created and, and everything that I had determined they found was factual. They suggested that I contact one of my... Um, my new siblings to get a DNA test just mostly for their peace of mind and it turned out to be a, a good choice. But you know I told myself again that my goal was closure, but the, cl- the closer I got to finding out my biological family, there was just an irresistible, undeniable urge for me to go further than that and to to reach out to them specifically within a week of finding out, Within a week, I'd already made some inroads in that regard. As it turns out, this half uh, nephew, his wife, had had some NPE experiences in her own DNA journey, and he was unusually empathetic with my situation and uh, such a gentleman and, and so compassionate with with me. This much younger guy, and I'm reaching out to to him. And he was an exceptional young man and, and helped me around the edges. And I, I started around the edges just to make sure that my facts were, were correct. And then as we got closer to, and closer to having a, a, a more accurate picture, then I shared with him the the larger story that I thought, hey, uh, your your mother's father, I think, is my my father. And he said, um, after he had all the evidence in hand, he said, well, okay, I'm going to, I'll share this information with my mother. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll, I'll do that. We'll see where it goes from there. And within hours of him sharing it with his, uh, his mother, his mother then shared it with her sisters. And one of those sisters was reaching out to me. I found that I have five, and I'm just going to call them sisters rather than half sisters. It just yeah. feels better on the tongue. Mm-hmm. I have five sisters. One of them passed away years ago. So four living sisters, all living in Florida, they, one by one, over the course of the next several weeks, reached out to me either through social media or through uh, just a pen to paper. And All of them were so warm and so inviting and so loving, and so compassionate. Not not a single negative thing was found in those communications, not one.
0: Are they all younger than you? Are they, is it a mixture?
1: Yeah, it's a mixture. i had all of them be a, been alive, I think I would be third or fourth in line. Right now, for sure, I'm the I'm square in the middle.
0: Okay. Were they able to give you any insight into your father?
1: Oh, so yes. I'm the, the very first contact that I had from one of them was an explosion of photographs of my father, mm. our father. And uh, various ages, and one of those uh, led to another sister also sending me photographs uh, digitally through Facebook. And then a few weeks, a few weeks later, I get more photographs and and press clippings from uh, another sister, and yet another sister sends me even more memorabilia, and. So I have had a riches of uh, materials about my father and the stories that they, they share with me have been phenomenal. And it, as it turns out, he and I are very, very similar to one another. And to paraphrase one of the sisters, that he is living through me uh, mm. right now. And that's a warm, warm uh, feeling to have.
0: Yeah. Was there any sort of complication around the fact that I am assuming your father had an affair with your mother?
1: Yeah, I worried about that a lot. And I, I think it's, I'd like to say that before I reached out to the family, I wanted to make sure that my biological father's spouse had passed as well. Uh, and she had, she passed in 2018. So I wouldn't have reached out at all had she still been alive. I think that it's important to realize that there's an, another emotional side of this. The, the people who are receiving this information have their own sets of issues that they have to process. And for them, it was an understanding that their father, despite 63 years of marriage, 63 years of marriage to the same woman, had had a time in his life where he, he was unfaithful, and that that infidelity resulted in me there, There's no evidence at all that he was aware that I was his child, uh, unlike on the other side in which my my mother did know. Uh, there's no evidence that my mother reached out to him, so I, I don't think that it became a source of any kind of issues within the family. The sisters certainly don't don't recall anything like that, but I could empathize greatly with them because. I was on the receiving end of that as well. In the phone call that I got from this friend, I realized that my birth certificate father had a relationship with another married woman for at least three years. And I was barely two years old or less than three anyway when he was having this other child in a different family. And so I understand that.
0: Yeah, you've been on both sides of it, truly.
1: Yeah, and I, I try to be as compassionate and careful about that reality as i can be i'm not throwing stones life is complicated and it gets messy and people do things that sometimes they regret and um, they don't they, they don't need my permission or acceptance of it it's just the way life sometimes is Absolutely. i'm not throwing stones
0: mhm okay so you've connected with your sisters have you had a chance to meet them
1: Yes, uh, I have. And so the, the phone call from my friend came in late May. By late October, the sisters and I all met for a week in uh, in Florida. And it was wonderful. Uh, one of my sisters has a, a guest home that she let me and my wife stay in. And, and we shared uh, stories and photographs and memories. And she uh, took me to where they had gone to college and helped me recreate some photographs from my father's collection of photographs back then, they, they gave me pieces of his life, not only the photographs, but small trophies and his, a letter jacket from high school and, and a watch and a few other things that uh, were symbols of, of him. And it was uh, an incredibly uplifting experience. And we communicate regularly. In fact, I'm planning another trip down to Florida, perhaps this spring. Uh, to continue our our conversations. We don't know where this is going to go. There's no script, Uh, and we're not trying to uh, press anything into that. Something beautiful and not having to have it all figured out. We're just going with the flow.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. I'm so happy for you. What has your family's reaction been to this, your wife and your son and your brother?
1: Well, my wife was not one tiny bit surprised, and uh, she... Well, I told you so kind of thing. She's been telling me for 35 years that this gentleman was not my father, but she's been incredibly supportive. She's been along with me in this journey the entire way. She's given me the space to be obsessed about it during the first several weeks, as many people are. You know, I just could not turn away from digging and digging and becoming a social media detective and trying to figure out every detail. My son, as a college student, and like many college students, he just takes a stride and moves on. He's not not terribly surprised, but not not terribly invested in the process. My my brother has taken it the hardest. Uh, he and my father, my birth certificate father, don't get along at all either. And I did not know that he and my biological mother didn't get along. I just didn't know that. And for him, I was the the only person left in the family that, that did, and uh, somehow he was threatened the fact that, that we weren't genetically full siblings, and for him, his definition of, of family is, is uh, different than mine and, and different, different definitions of what brother means and father means, and I'll have to say that I'm not completely solid on what my definitions are just yet but uh, he's working his way through it. And, and I'm trying to be reassuring that because of the genetics, it doesn't change any of the family relationships otherwise. Yeah. But uh, friends have been supportive. It's I've not had much in the way of negativity other than the fact that some people who think they're trying to say something nice end up being completely out of bounds in their comments, but it's not personal.
0: Yeah. What's an example of that? Because I think we've as NPEs, we hear a lot of that. So I think maybe that's helpful for people to hear.
1: Yeah, so I told my story to to some folks that I thought were empathetic, and most of them were, and one of them wasn't. And his comment was, well, nothing's changed really then, right? Nothing <laughs> has changed, but everything has changed. Right. Uh, part of my own issues early on was projecting onto other people what emotions they should have and reactions they should have. And when I stopped doing that, because I always walked away disappointed in some way, that they didn't care as much or they didn't understand as well. and So I felt guilty that I wasn't a good storyteller or that I just wasn't uh, saying the right words. I didn't possess the vocabulary. I was failing words. But then I realized I was just projecting what I wanted them to do or to say, or to be on to them, and when I stopped projecting, then I felt much better about it. You know, there's mm-hmm. just no way that anybody can fully understand this. No. And there's no sense in me getting upset when they don't. It's just expected.
0: You seem like you're in such a peaceful place with your mother, um, specifically, given that, you know, she knew and, and didn't tell you. And I know you touched on it earlier in terms of, it was a different time, and, and you don't hold anger about it. But how did you get to that place? Were you just always there, or have you kind of reached a point where you accept?
1: That's, a, that's an excellent question, and I don't know that I could answer that fully. But what I can say is that I know how my mother grew up. She grew up in, in a very mountainous community without electricity, without indoor plumbing. Uh, her father died very early she and her family were very, very poor. I I know uh, I saw a census report from 1940 in which her father said that the entirety of the year, they made $200 Mm. in that census year. So it was a very, very tough life. And um, mom had, fortunately, some academic gifts, which she ultimately parlayed into. high school graduation. And then after that, college, uh, an, a benefactor from her church helped her and her mother. Her father passed away by this time with some tuition. And mom couldn't afford to travel. She This, this little mountain community was very, very small, very, very Bible Beltish, uh, mm-hmm. raised in the Presbyterian church. And um, so when she had the opportunity to to leave this region and uh, kind of grow as a person. She ended up in a much larger area and, um, you know, things happen. You experiment, you, you do things you ordinarily might not have wanted to do, but you did. And when she decided to return back to this region to, to have me, she would have been a, a single pregnant school teacher in the middle of central Appalachia in the Bible Belt. Mm. It must have been terrible for her, and she must have been very afraid about what that would be for her, and I can't put myself into those shoes. I don't have those lived experiences as she did, and she must have felt terrible about it and a failure. Mm. How can I criticize somebody who lived the rest of her entire life trying to make me uh, the kind of person that I feel that that I've become as a result of that. I'm just happy that things turned out the way they have. And I have a wonderful new family who I'm quite close to already. Uh, We share a lot of similarities. They have uh, made my life richer as a result of this experience. So no, I'm not going to spend my time looking backwards. I'm going to spend it looking forward. That's
0: wonderful. What advice would you give a parent who might be keeping a DNA surprise from their child?
1: Well, that's a tough one. Uh, First of all, I think all of us would acknowledge that every individual has the right to know about their biological family. But but that said, I I do think that every circumstance is different, that age of the child, the maturity of the child, the life circumstances... The situation of the parents, probably advise them to consult a, a, a skilled family therapist to help walk them through this process about sharing the information with their child about when, where, and how. The, the why seems easy uh, because mm-hmm. they have the right. The rest seems a bit complicated. And... I think people need to take their time and, and do that in a way that gives their child the most strength and support that they can.
0: What advice would you offer to someone who just discovered that they are an NPE?
1: Oh, I'm the worst person
0: to <laughs> ask that to.
1: I, because the very first thing would be to, to take this slow. And, and I didn't. I mean, I jumped right in the deep end of the pool. From the time I found out to the time I first had a connection with my, one of my sisters, it was 22 days. And that, that's just too fast. <laughs> I, I think I would say to make space for the emotions that this process uh, brings to you, that every emotion you have is valid, that, and they're often conflicting. You, uh, you don't have to have every answer. You don't have a transcript. You don't even possess the vocabulary to, to sort this all out. So taking the time is probably in your best interest. It, I think it's also true that you need to find somebody that you can speak with about this. I stumbled into the the DNA Facebook groups just through researching what the next steps for me were, and once I got into those those groups, I spent several weeks, probably just reading um, mm-hmm. posts. And in that time, it gave me an opportunity to, to first realize that I wasn't alone, that many people were going through this. I learned acronyms and uh, I've got now acronymophobia because there's so <laughs> many of them. Yes, But it was, it was nice to have the acronyms in my life as a physician. I had acronyms all the time, so I was comfortable with that. And If you have an acronym, it happens a lot to need an acronym for. So it's comforting to know that that MPE and MPE all all were things that were discussed long before I found them. Mm -hmm. To not project your emotions on someone else, they just don't possess the capacity to understand what you're going through, particularly in the beginning. So finding someone who is as a deep listener is probably in your best interest. For men, that it's okay. Uh, to have these kinds of conversations that it doesn't make you less of a person less masculine for having these kinds of of communities to have support with that the women that I have found in my life now these new sisters of mine are some of the strongest people that I know and I'm grateful uh, for them and that the women predominantly in the support groups the uh the DNA MPE groups have been phenomenal and uh, th- they too are my superheroes. So I, I hope that everyone has a story like mine, but I know that most don't. So I guess I would suggest that finding a, a good therapist who has an understanding about these kind of issues is likely in nearly everyone's best interest.
0: Great advice. Great advice for parents and for NPEs or anyone who's uncovered a DNA surprise. Well, Mark, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Um, I'm so happy for you that it has been a positive experience, and I hope that your journey just continues in a positive direction.
1: Well, thank you. I I look forward to whatever chapters in this new book that uh, my sisters and I are writing uh, materialize. And thank you for inviting me on the show.
0: Thanks again to Mark for sharing his story. If you have a DNA surprise story that you'd like to share, please email surprises at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Until next time.